0: Welcome to Meet the Church. This is a podcast from Providence Church in Austin featuring a new person each week from our congregation. We're excited to discuss the work, interest, and testimonies of our church members to better get to know each other and to talk about experiences with God. I'm Tom Gibson, and this week, I get to talk with Austin Pilant about his experience being a member of the Texas A&M Aggie Corps, which I know you Longhorns will love, his journey to becoming a man who builds bridges, and how meeting his wife was a pivotal moment in his walk with Christ. Welcome, Austin, to the show. It's good to have you. Thank you. Good to be here, Tom. Austin, you are a uh, you're a Texas A and M Aggie. Uh, you're a member of the Aggie Corps, and for for many of the folks uh, that may be new to Austin in our congregation, and don't know um, about, or maybe new to Texas, I should say, and they may not know about the uh, famous Aggie Corps. Can you tell us what is the Texas A and M Aggie Corps?
1: All right, on a Kind of on a like on a high level, it is a uh, it's a student-run military organization um, that kind of was the uh, the baseline of what of what A and M used to be. So, uh, as part of a land grant college, uh, which A and M is, the to get funding from the state, they hadn't established a cadet corps, um, very similar to what you would see at West Point, Naval Academy, uh, places like that the only difference is, is that this is, is, um, and has always been a student led organization. Um, so there is guidance from, uh, from, um, active and unactive military officers, but, um, ultimately it's, it's student red student led and run. Um, it is a, it's an optional thing you can do at a and obviously, but it, uh, they are the, um, kind of the keepers of the Aggie traditions um and guard and uh preserve those uh those traditions.
0: So folks, are when they usually get into it, are they are they thinking about military service or 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 is that usually the the, the group that gets uh, drawn to that? Man, it,
1: it really it really depends. There's a, there's a wide range. You know, obviously there is there is a quite a few that that go in uh with the intention of of ending up with a military contract, um, that's a big that's a big part of it, a huge part of it. Uh, but also uh, there's you know there's students like myself that just really wanted to be a part of the of the traditions at a and m and wanted to be fully immersed in that experience. So it really just ranges uh, from student to student and what your goals are.
0: And so you said what what made you kind of want to be like, okay, I really because you have a little bit of history um with M. so what was it what was it about a m that you're like i just i want to dive head first into this in, into this a m thing and i think i'm going to be able to do that with the core
1: Yeah. so i i grew up in aggie i grew up in an aggie family um aggie parents uh extended family that went to a m pretty much you know the majority of people in my family that that went and graduated from college were uh, were aggies so it just was something I was always around. Had great memories of. Um, my dad was not in the Corps, but we spent so many uh, so many experiences growing up uh, just just doing A and events. So that that ranged everything from football games to uh, to bonfires, musters, um, and really everything in between. So I just had a lot of a lot of really good memories. Um, going to uh going to going to games and going to bonfires, bonfire particularly, uh with my dad and with my family. Um and it really uh it really gave my my dad and I a time to uh to connect and get close to each other. Um so as a kid, what I really wanted to do was just wanted to build bonfire. Um that was that was my that was my
0: <laughs> That's goal. college you know, that was college life in your eyes, right? Just yes, building that fire.
1: Yes. That's what I viewed college to be: was to go to A and and to build Bonfire. Um, great, great memories of of going to the games and watching watching the stat get built, and then being able to go to the burn, see the red pots who are in charge of the whole operation, uh, see everyone who put so much time and effort into it come together, and that camaraderie um, and sense of pride just was a was a huge draw to me. So, unfortunately, that was not. Not an opportunity when I when I got to A and M, but I knew just that the only way to get that that type of experience that I was after was to was to be in the core, and so it was it was no doubt that that was that was what I was going to do.
0: Yeah, and from what I know about A and M, it just seems to be a pretty it's a pretty close knit group of of folks. Like people that went to A and M love that they went to A and M, so. I imagine that that was even amplified even more than like people that were part of AM core. Um It was just a very, I imagine it's a very close knit group. So what was your experience? What was your experience like in the core? Man, the, to try to describe how close you get to your, to your
1: buddies, it, it's, it's tough to do. Um, so I went in, in my outfit, which is a, just kind of like a, a small sect of the core. Um, and there was, there was twelve of us to start. We finished up with seven, um, but the seven of us, you know, by the time we got done with our freshman year, I mean, we really, we really knew everything about each other. Um, the The best way I can describe it, how I, how I often describe it to my wife, is we would uh, every afternoon, afternoon, every evening um, at uh, at ten thirty after kind of the day was done, we'd all, we'd all get into one room and we had to get ready for the next day. And so, you know, we, we kind of established early on who was, who was good at certain things. So, you know, we'd have one guy shining shoes, one guy wiring up uniforms. Um, we had to give haircuts in our rooms every night to, to make sure we were, we were clean cut. So you had one, we had a barber, we had got one guy, uh, Reading out everything we needed to know about the next day. And we each all, we all had our own, our own roles to come together in one group. And this, you know, this would take a couple hours every night. Um, but that next morning when you, when you ran out, you were, uh, you were not only representing kind of yourself put together, but the hands of the full group, um, coming together to, uh, to, to make it work for that day. And really what they do is they, you know, you get kind of stripped away from everything and, and broken down. And then together as a, as a group, you kind of build each other back up um, as one. And that's just a really unique experience that's hard to, that's hard to mimic anywhere else. And,
0: um, and it's just been really rewarding. Um, but what did you, now that you're at a different place in life, how did your time in the core Impact the way that you view Christian community today. Well, it's you know
1: as as someone who uh, who kind of grew into my faith a little bit older in life, um, kind of in my late twenties, early thirties. I know that when I when I first started doing church at Providence, um, being a part of a GC, being a part of a D group, and kind of the idea of of being vulnerable, um, working through sin, which I think is, is so hard for a lot of, a lot of guys, particularly. I just remember like walking into that experience and going, Oh, I know how to do this. This is, this is something I've been taught. You know, I know how to, how to be a part of a community, um, how to kind of let the guard down and to, uh, to allow people in to, to build me up. And the idea that we can't do this on our own that it takes a community, it takes a group of people, um, you know, to get through, you know, to get through life experiences. That was just a very familiar and very comfortable, um, atmosphere that I, that I, I really thrived in. So I, I know as I started growing in my faith and started figuring out, Hey, this is how you live a Christian life is community. Um, just being really encouraged and excited about that because I, I just knew it was a, it was an atmosphere
0: that I thrived in. Yeah. And what do you, when you think of like Christian community, what do you see as, as the differences between, you know, your Christian community now and the community you had in the core, both like the things that you're like, you know, of course, now the Christian, the things about the Christian community that you're like, man, this makes it, you know, all the more meaningful, but also the things of, of the core community, uh, that you, you wish you could see more of, um, in your Christian community, what differences do you see, uh, in, in your community experience in both of those contexts? Well, the, 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 the main difference is, you know, as, as great
1: as, a, as great as the Aggie community, as great as the community was that I, that I developed, uh, while a member of the core is that it ultimately it ended at that. Um, you know, we're, we're building each other up, um, for the, you know, for the betterment of, of each other and, and, and to reach a certain goal, uh, you know, whatever that may be for that, for that period of time. But, but ultimately it it ended at that. And the, the building up of community, you know, in the, in the, in the church is different because it's, uh, you know, it's internal and it, uh, it, it's, it's building us up for, you know, for eternity and, and building us up in, in Christ image and, um, to, to, you know, to, that's just, that just has so much more depth and, and so much more meaning, um, and so much more long, long lasting. The, the one thing I will, that I will say, you know, as, as much as I love my, my core experience is that, you know, like anything in life, it, it, uh you know, that's not kind of rooted in, in Christ, it, it, it fades out over time. Um, it becomes, le- it becomes less significant and, you know, those, those friendships, those bonds, they kind of, they, you know, they're still there, but they, you know, they fade. Um, and the one thing that I've noticed, you know, as I continue to develop uh community through, through D group and, and through GC is those, those relationships are just, are just continuing to, th- to flourish and and to grow. So um, the biggest thing is, is that difference I would say is that the, you know, building up of church community just has so much more depth than the, than the uh, any other kind of community that you would, that you would have outside.
0: Yeah. So if we back up a little bit, you, you told me earlier that meeting your wife, Sarah was actually a pretty pivotal point uh, for you in your return to the church. Uh, so can you tell me the story of how you met your wife, Sarah? Uh, so I picked up Sarah in a bar. Um,
1: she, she hates that story. And
0: and it, <laughs> she hates that lead line. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, there, and, and that it, it is true, but it's uh, there's obviously a lot more to that story. So we, uh, we met through some mutual friends. Um, we met, at um, At the White Horse, over off at East Six, and I, I showed up um, having come from a uh, having come from a music festival that was uh, further down the block, kind of on a whim to meet up with some buddies. And um, I don't know if you've ever been to the White Horse, but it's it's like a it's kind of like an old school honky tonk type environment, and. Uh, so I did not roll into this place like ready to ready to be dancing and things like that, and she immediately started started making fun of me and started giving me a hard time and I was like, Who's this girl that is uh I've never met that is uh that is really just ribbing me and I don't know why, but i I really liked it it was a ton of fun <laughs> i uh I figured. Man, she is. Uh, she is being so hard on me. This girl can can absolutely hang. I I uh, I can I can spend time with her. So that uh, that next day, uh, I was actually with uh, with some buddies who I was in the core with. Um, we were at one of their houses playing dominoes, and I kind of just asked the uh, the group if if they knew Sarah knew anything about her. And uh, one of my buddies, Daniel, um, replied back in a very simple statement. I just know that she goes to church a lot. And I replied back very simply, I I think I can work with that. And at uh, at that point in my life, I had probably not been to church outside of of a, a holiday service. So Christmas, Easter, in pretty close to a decade and i grew up in a in a family that was that was very active in a church Um, i grew up in around small groups and uh my parents being involved so the the idea of church was not was not foreign to me it was not new to me it was for whatever reason it just never it never drew me in it was never it was never something i wanted to be a part of um but at that point in my life, I was just feeling like I was really missing something. There was there was just a, a piece, an element of life that that was not there that that I knew needed to be there. Uh, but I was really afraid to go back to the church because one, I didn't want to uh, to build up expectation. Um, didn't want my my parents or anybody else to uh, to get excited and then and then I failed and you know, wasn't consistent or it wasn't something that I liked. Um, As well as I really just didn't know where to go. I didn't really have any friends at the time that were, that were involved in a church. And so I really just, I didn't even know where to start. Um, and then Sarah came along and we went on a few dates. Um, and I, uh, I remember talking to her. I'm like, Hey, where do you, you know, where do you go to church? Like, Tell me about church. Tell me about the importance it it, it plays in your life. And um, she was a little standoffish at first. Um, our dating experience was very slow. So uh, it took a while, but about, about four or five months later, uh, we intended our ch- first church service together. Um, I'm sure a lot of people at Providence are like a lot of people at Providence, our first church experience was at the Austin stone. And we, uh, we attended on a Sunday afternoon and went and, uh, shared a meal after that. Um, got to really like dive into that, into that sermon with her, talk to her about my thoughts, what I felt about it. Um, weirdly enough, it was about finance. And I remember the, uh, the pastor at that time saying if you really want to know where your heart is you can you can look at your uh look at your credit card statements and again as somebody who had not been to church who had not thought about tithing or even giving my uh my funds away to to anybody else except for my own uh personal use like that was just kind of blew me away uh and really really got me thinking um, And then just that whole experience of going to church with her uh, was just really fun. I mean, you know, at that time, most importantly, it was just it was fun, and I just really enjoyed it, and really enjoyed to get getting to spend that time with her. And at that point, we kind of started going to church together on a very regular basis, and that's really when our relationship started to started to take off.
0: Um, And that's yeah, that's kind of our our initial dating story how did your journey through faith progress from there
1: um so you know i would have uh, like like a lot of kids who grew up in the church i probably would have, if you would have asked me um my whole entire life if you you know are you a christian my answer would have been yes um i don't I don't really know how that fits in, uh, theologically, I don't, I don't really know that it even matters, but um, I think at that point, kind of in that, um, I guess that would have been like October, November of of uh, uh, 2013. I think that's when I, I really started to explore uh, my relationship with Christ and how, uh, how that was going to fit in my life. And I knew right away, like, this is, this is something that I want. This is a, this is a relationship that I want to build. And, um, I, uh, you know, I kind of never looked back at that point, like most things, you know, kind of going back to college and most things that I've done, done in my life. If I'm, if I'm in, I'm in, um, and I wanted to be in bad and Sarah and I's relationship really took off at that point as well. And. So I think we dated for like two years, um, got really involved in Austin Stone, and then uh, eventually moved over to Providence.
0: And it all started at the White Horse. It all, start, all, it all started <laughs> when I picked her up at the White Horse. <laughs> well, you did actually uh, change in gears. You now build bridges for a living. So how did you get to the, build, the bridge building business?
1: Um, so started doing some construction on the side uh, when I was in college um, one of my uh, one of my roommates, his dad had a uh, concrete construction company uh based out of Columbus, Texas, and him and I would uh, go do a lot of side work for his uh, for his dad on on weekends and um, downtime, winter break, summers. so kind of developed a, a little bit of a skill set, uh doing concrete construction uh through that experience graduated in the spring of 2009 which was a awesome time to uh to pr- pursue your uh professional pursuits uh so being in a very down economy um most of the uh most of the career opportunities were were not available and being a pretty prideful person i uh especially at that point in time like the uh, the idea of moving home or you know asking my parents for money or anything like that was completely off the table and i can't remember exactly how i stumbled upon it but uh somehow i found a guy out of austin who was uh Doing uh bridge changeouts, so basically taking old bridges, um, knocking them out, putting new bridges in. And he gave me an opportunity to just start start from the bottom and work on a crew. And um, I needed a job, so I took it. And we're about twelve years in, and still doing it. And you know, after about after about four or five years i just figured hey this is this is working out might as well stick with it and so what's your role in the in the in the bridge building process so i've uh i've pretty much run the full gamut started on a started on a crew was basically uh pushing a shovel and um went to uh went to uh setting forms finishing concrete um Eventually worked myself into like a, uh, into a foreman type role, uh, kind of running crews and then worked my way into a project management role, eventually into, uh, into estimating. And now I do, uh, do project management and estimating. So I, uh, I oversee kind of all the pre-construction tasks before, uh, before we get on site, um, as well as, uh, as well as manage job and manage the projects and uh, kind of report schedules and things like that to the, uh, to the owners or whoever we're working for.
0: Yeah. I think about when, whenever I'm driving and just seeing any kind of construction project, whether it be a bridge or, or like just building a building and just how foreign that whole world is to me. Like, how do they, how do they even know what they're doing? How do they even know what to plan? Are they, are they considering that that's not even flat? Why are they sticking those things in the ground? It's just like, all like, I, I don't know what's going on, but then I see a bridge after a while or a building. So what do you think as you are, as you are seeing that, or what do you think as you are driving over a bridge? What's your, what's the, the mind of a a bridge insider?
1: Man. So one thing that is really, uh, is really kind of taking off right now um, just as the, uh, as the state of Texas infrastructure gets older and older, it's, you know, infrastructure maintenance. And we're actually doing a lot of, uh, a lot of bridge rehab projects now. So the main thing I I look at when I'm I'm driving over any any structure is is just how well has this structure been maintained and what is uh what's going on, what's it uh how's it how it how is it performing? Um as well as you know having uh having seen the process all the way through just anytime I drive over a cool structure it's it's just the the wheels start spinning, and how how did they do it, and how could they have possibly done it di- different than uh, than I would have?
0: Yeah, and a level of appreciation, I'm sure, as well, because you you know exactly everything that went into getting that bridge up, yes. particularly if it's like a a really massive type of project. What would, what advice would you give? Like, because I don't know if you ever did this project in school, but I remember like seventh grade, we had to build a bridge out of toothpicks that could like hold weight and you 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 learn all about you know all sorts of different principles from that so what advice would you give to to a seventh grader who may have the uh build a bridge out of toothpicks that can withstand the most amount of weight uh project in their in their not too distant future
1: yeah so for that kid uh for for the kid in you know the elementary school kid who just wants to uh who's excited about building something my advice is 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 just build it bigger and don't be afraid for it to fall down. Um there's only one way to there's only one way to learn and and test the uh the capabilities of of things and that's to uh and that's to push the limits build it build it as big as you can and don't be afraid for it to to fail and then for the uh for the kid getting older who's like man i i'm really interested in uh in how these how these structures are built you know whether that's high rises downtown or uh you know seeing highway jobs go up or you know anything in between it's it's go out there like don't be afraid to uh to go out there and and go work on a crew and, and get dirty and um, have a full appreciation for, for how something's built. I think, uh, I look back on my experience and you know, I have a lot of friends who are in the construction industry who maybe graduated at different times and, and were immediately put into a, uh, into more of a management type role. And I'm just really thankful that I got to, uh, that I got to sit on the back of equipment and, um, sit next to a bunch of guys that were, uh, that were out there, you know, actually making making these things happen. Um, it just gives you a, it just gives you a lot bigger appreciation, uh, for the, uh, for the amount of work that, that goes into it as, as well as, uh, um, an appreciation for the people that, that, that go do that. And the, the last thing I would say as well is, you know, I definitely fit under this, under this category is we can't all be, uh, we can't all be doctors and lawyers. And so it's, uh, don't be afraid to go uh, to go work with your hands. Um it's a uh it's a really good it's a really good uh experience and there's absolutely nothing wrong with uh with going out and, and working with your hands for a living.
0: That first part of your answer was like the most Texas answer. Like just just make it as big as you can. Like it <laughs> doesn't even matter if it stays up. Just <laughs> you gotta
1: push you gotta push the limits. Just you gotta you gotta limit. know
0: you're in Texas. <laughs> you gotta know what it can do. Austin, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate you sharing your story, sharing your your story of the core. Um, I'm, I'm sure you all you're you were more than enthused to educate all of the <laughs> Longhorns in the in the listening audience about the uh, the core and everything, uh, as well as your your experience with with meeting your wife and and your your your, your renewed spirituality and. Um, a little insight into the the bridge the bridge building world. I uh, appreciated chatting with you, and I appreciate you being on the show, man. Hey, thanks, Tom. In our next episode, we'll be hearing from Lucy Walker as she interviews Kate Zinnaker. Thanks for listening.